look at your life kind of objectively and decide what is going to be the best situation for me in this season of life, because we do have seasons. And for you all, you have seasons in your career as well. And then, you know, as you do that, you know, involve your shift in that and those changes and be vulnerable with them. We recently had a women's health seminar in Fairfax, and we have an assistant chief, uh, Tracy Reed, who she was talking about how her vulnerability has really helped her as a leader. And I think, you know, the, the leaders, at least in my experiences, the bosses that I've had, the chiefs that I've had, the ones who are willing to allow me to be vulnerable and be vulnerable themselves are the ones you feel most comfortable with and are some of the most effective leaders in the fire service. And vulnerability is a really challenging thing when you're black or white mentality service, right? And nutrition and fitness is one of those things. And if you're that leader right now who life got in the way and you eat like garbage and your shift knows you eat like garbage, like they make fun of you because they know you're a dumpster, you know, a human dumpster. I'm not saying this is easy. It might be a point where you say, hey, I've been struggling and I need some support. Are you guys willing to work with me on this? You know, maybe after the holidays end in January and say, hey, like, can we make some changes to the, to the food environment at work, yeah. um, to the choices that we make for dinner. Yeah. Um, are we willing to spend an extra $2 a head to make better quality choices? And I think that vulnerability goes a long way in building a relationship and rapport with the people you work with. The First Responder Liaison Network is proud to present to you the Kitchen Table the Podcast. Kitchen table. Our guests come share their stories, their perspectives, and their message, talking all things leadership. Now, here's your host, Berlin Mazza. Welcome to episode 29 of The Kitchen Table. Our show is brought to you by the First Responder Liaison Network. The network is organized for the development, implementation, and ongoing support of mentorship and professional development programs, inspiring our youth and young adults to mature into engaged civic leaders and resilient community sentinels. Music and graphics are brought to you by Kai Elephant Productions. And today our leadership conversation might as well literally be in the kitchen today as we welcome Megan Lautz on the show, who is a civilian registered dietitian and strength coach with a master's degree in sports nutrition. Megan specializes in first responders, tailoring nutrition to fit the unpredictable lifestyle. She works full-time for Fairfax Fire and Police. While a civilian, Megan has strived to understand the challenges that first responders face when trying to stay healthy. Megan is also the owner of Rescue RD, which provides nutrition seminars and coaching for first responders across the country. Good morning, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us today on the kitchen table. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so as you know, Annette, who was on our show a few weeks back, you are uh, her leadership challengee, if you will. So We have this theme running over the last few weeks about fitness and wellness, and this is a perfect time for this because we get to talk nutrition. And what better time to talk nutrition uh, than uh, Thanksgiving just a couple weeks away? So I think this is a perfect time. But before we just jump right into this conversation, which I'm going to enjoy, uh, would you mind sharing just a little bit about, you know, Megan, maybe career, hobbies, family? but also uh, how you got uh, working uh, specifically with first responders. Sure. Yeah. So I am a registered dietitian and strength coach that specializes in first responders. And I got lucky falling into this space. Um, Initially, I thought I was going to be like a sports dietitian for some big team or something like that. 
but um, that's not how it panned out. I got a job with an OC health clinic for Montgomery County Fire and Rescue. Hmm. Um, well, all of public safety. And I just ended up falling into fire the most because I think it's a nice mix of corporate wellness and uh, sports nutrition. So took CPAT, passed CPAT, did a 24-hour shift, did as much as I could, but I don't do the blood in the guts. So I skipped over that. <laughs> Good part. for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just know my boundaries. When you know, there's no getting used to it. Like I look away when Family Guy gets his arm cut off, kind of thing. Sure. So, um, yeah. So I uh, primarily work with first responders. I work full time for Fairfax Fire and Police now. Uh, they added police to my contract, so that's 1,400 firefighters and about 1,600 wow. officers. Um, relatively wow. large department. Um, yeah. And then I have a side business doing consulting as a dietitian for other fire and police departments, primarily because there's very few dietitians that really understand the demands of shift work, um, exposure to trauma, uh, fire suppression, all of those kind of specific nuances that a lot of firefighters just um, don't have great information out available. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I don't have much of a life outside of that. I pretty much obsess <laughs> over firefighter nutrition and fitness, um, but I am married to a lovely IT guy. We've got two dogs. We're living the dream, you know? Nice. That is the dream. That is the dream. Yeah. You are. You're living it. Um, so thank you. And uh, well, just to piggyback a little bit on that, wow, 1,400 firefighters and 1,600 police officers. That is, uh, yeah. that's enormous, that's um, if, yeah. I, uh, if I, you know, to say the least. Um, yeah. Now that's Fairfax. Yes. Yes, Fairfax. So have they uh, just always, to the, have they always had a registered dietitian on staff or was that new when you were you the first? I was the first. Yeah. So so what had happened was Montgomery County put me behind a desk during COVID for like over a year and a half. And I was really pissed off about it, for uh, lack of a better term, yeah. um, just because firefighters don't listen to me behind a desk. They listen to me in the stations at the academy. You know what I mean? So and I like being hands on. Yeah, um, it just didn't you know, work out after COVID. So I, um, did some contract work with, uh, Fairfax. We had a, we started implementing a, um, fitness assessment that could pull you to light duty if you failed it. Um, along mm. with failing your cardiac, uh, failing your, um, stress test. If you failed both, you got pulled from the field. So we had four initial that were pulled from the field when we initiated that program or they initiated that program. They pulled me in to um, work with them and they said, Hey, do you want a job? I was like, okay, see you in three to five years. And they hired me two weeks later. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, just a little heads up about our department. It's pretty special in terms of um, just in the past two years, we have now three strength coaches, a physical therapist, an athletic trainer, five behavioral health coordinators and oh growing God. And we're hoping to hire another dietitian. And part of the reason we've been able to kind of explode like this is um, they added police to the, what, what we call the well-fit contract, that wellness contract. So now we have a couple more extra budgets to play with. Um, in, to, in addition to like dispatch, they're working on sheriffs and some other groups. So instead uh, of it being police versus fire, having separate yeah. stuff. It's kind of like a performance model for all of public safety because the information is basically the same. You just change the, the jargon a bit Agreed. with who yeah. you're delivering it to. Yeah. Question on that. Uh, going mm -hmm. back just a couple minutes when you said when you first started, uh, you had individuals that went through, you know, uh, fitness you, you, your fitness assessment uh, and then they, mm -hmm. if they failed or when they failed, they would put on light duty immediately. Did, how did that, um, Feelings. how did that fare in terms of were, were <laughs> the members okay with that? I mean, so it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a tricky conversation. Yes, um, I imagine. because 
from the fitness perspective, the the health perspective, what we were seeing with the, so we do a work performance uh, at their physical every year, which is like CPAT on steroids. If you're not familiar with it um, in gear and what they were finding was firefighters had no problem doing their job. It was, it was, it was better assessment of their capabilities of doing the job, but they were, there were some people who were absolutely dying to turn their cylinder on to button up their jacket um, just looked really rough after. And they're like, are these guys like, I'm not confident this guy is not going to have a heart attack in the fire ground. Right. And that was the major thing was, are our people fit enough to survive the fire ground? Because we know that 47% of line of duty deaths are related to starting cardiac event on the fire ground. Mm -hmm. So, um, our strength coach, Jake Patton initiated, um, the FMAP, which is based off of that, that fitness assessment, it is based off of the air marshals test, I believe uh, uh, they do, a, or the step test is at least. So we do a step test correlated to VO2 max pull-ups, push-ups, curl-ups, and they are based off of age and gender um, because it is a fitness assessment. It sure. assesses if you are fit and yeah. it's not like I did it as a civilian and passed it. No, I mean, I'm a trainer and kind of like, to me, it's my job to also stay fit, yes. maybe not as fit as fit, but fit enough. Right. Um, but you have to, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the job weighs on some people mm-hmm. and what, you know, the motivation you had when you were a bachelor bachelorette at 20 <laughs> something as a rookie kind of changes as you're exposed to tra- trauma, ship, uh, sleep deprivation, kids, jobs, overtime promotions, like all those things weigh on people. So I kind of see it from both angles. Like it can be really brutal to be pulled from the field, um, because of your fitness level and then lacking the support and the access to overtime. But at the same time, like the, we're not doing it just to take people off. We're doing it because we want to prevent those sudden cardiac events. Um, so it's a mixed bag of feelings. I know. And I totally agree. Uh, how many, years has the department uh embraced if you will this full program of having dietitians on staff strength coaches on staff has it been many many years or um so going with our strength here? we had a strength coach um i want to say for probably 10 years jake's been there since okay. 27 2016 okay um and then i along with the behavioral health was brought on in 2021 and then the next year we added more strength coaches and a significant amount more of behavioral health. So I would say the majority of that program yeah. was other than the athletic trainer and physical therapist were, were pretty new. Okay. Um, if I may ask so, um, now, 2023, getting to the end of yeah. it, has that culture shift, has it shifted, if you will? Like, is there a lot more buy-in than in- initially? Oh, we're busy as, as hell, yeah, you know? Awesome. Um, so like for me, um, I'm kind of making this up on the dietitian side, right? Like there are no dietitians who work full time in fire and rescue for the right. most part, maybe right. two or three, right? Um, that I'm aware of, and they're with another agency, and um, maybe not as communicative because of some barriers there. Um, but I can only see maybe like 15 to 20 people a week, mm-hmm. and try to get to three to five presentations, station visits, yada yada yeah. a month. Yeah. So that's a booked. And, and my schedule is booked out for another month. Yeah. Um, we have three to five workouts a day um, that are group workouts for fire and police that the strength coaches put on. Um, awesome. You know, they run, they try, you know, there's mixed bag at the academy. We try to be involved at the academy, yeah. um, depending on who's in charge. 
And then the physical <laughs> therapist, you know how that goes. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the physical therapist, athletic trainer, they're pretty booked up and behavioral health work. We just added another therapist. So that it's a awesome. highly utilized program. And we're probably going to add another dietitian, hopefully. Yeah. Highly utilized program. Um, in terms of cost and like return on investment, I don't have those data points yet. Sure. Um, we were running the FMAP for two or three years before it became like that mandatory non-punitive, like there are repercussions to it. So we've had data since I want to say 2020 or 2019. Yeah. I mean, I know the the biggest thing for a program of this size is going to be the cost, but I would say the utilization in and of yeah. itself is very high. Well, and the reason I asked that question is I've always uh, had the belief that, you know, it, it's something that's new, especially in the fire service is always like, oh my gosh, what have we got going now? What are we going to get forced to do? But we know that there is benefits to having uh, a staff, whether it be physical therapists, whether it be dietitians, whether it be strength coaches or all the above or a mixture of one or two. But that, right. but once it's in play, it's like you would never go back to saying, you know what, let's not use this. But it's always that initial, how do we get this program going? And that's why I asked that question yeah. is, is it, has, has the culture shifted now? And it's like, people are embracing it. They love it. And they would not mm -hmm. go back otherwise. Right. I mean, that's kind of a rhetorical question. I, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At this point, yeah. um, I, I think we've gotten nothing but good feedback. And I know a talking point we we're going to talk like from a leadership perspective, like having wellness professionals that are civilian can be a game changer Yeah, because when you just put a firefighter in charge of wellness, what happens when COVID hits or other things hit budget cuts, whatever, that, that wellness program dies. Yep. And you see these waves in the fire service for multitudes of different things of wellness coming in, wellness coming out and in other areas, you know, yeah. probably leadership or yeah. how attacks are done and that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and then the other challenges is even if that person is credentialed, if they haven't worked with people, like I, like I said, 15 to 20 people a week, um, I'm not pushing my diet protocol on every single person I work with. Yeah. And I have seen, people forcing keto, forcing intermittent fasting and all these other diets without understanding the medical needs, the personal needs, the other ramifications of those diets based exactly. on the individual. Exactly. Um, but the other side is they know the job. So the downside of civilians is you've got to find the right fit who knows yep. the job yeah. or is willing to learn the job. Exactly. And there can be some egos involved there. Um, <laughs> no, not in the fire service, right? Yeah. Or, <laughs> but, but even wellness, you know, yeah. well, true that. Know, yeah. Like my perspective when I came in was I've never met a firefighter, you know, for the most part. So sure. I know, I know nutrition, but until I know your job, I can't teach you appropriately. Yeah. Not every professional has that approach. Right. Um, Having so, a culturally competent individual that has the humility to come in, but also willing to learn. Yeah. So then yep. they could provide a better service if you will. So that's, so I, I would, I would, I would imagine that this, the work that you do is, is proactive and reactive, right? So when individuals mm -hmm. are struggling, when, you know, whether they fail, you know, physical exam or need help with nutrition, struggling with weight, whatever it may be, there's a yep. program in place to help them. But then I, I would assume and hope that there's people proactively that are using the services as well. Like, Hey, yes. I need That's help. That's actually nutrition. most of it. Most of it's it. It's most of it. Yeah. Right. I would say we haven't had from my, my understanding, a, somebody who's been pulled to light duty, um, for a year, a couple of years, uh, like since I started for the wow. most part, um, most of them are, we have kind of a, a thing in the between it's called a station fitness improvement program. So if you fail the fitness test, but pass the stress test, the cardiac stress test, yeah. then you can stay in the field, but you, you still need to, you need to, you know, work over the next six months to pass this test. Yeah. Um, so those aren't, it's not mandatory to meet with me. 
Um, it's encouraged, but you know, sometimes people just want to put their heads down and figure it out themselves. They're not quite mm -hmm. ready for it. So yeah. most of the people who work with me are there because they want to be there. Yeah. Um, they're not forced to. And I think exactly. that's the best way of doing it because the first four I worked with, two of them were on board. They're like, yes, I need to make a change. I'm super uncomfortable. Let's do it. And the other two were just, sometimes you're so in the weeds and so in the trenches from like almost a mental health standpoint. And I don't yeah. like saying it that way, but you know, you just have too much and you're just, you're not, you're not there for thrive to thrive. You're there yeah. to survive. Yeah. Um, and you know, even if I lower the bar as low as I can, you're just not ready to make any big change at that point. Yeah. I want to start with this because every coffee or sorry, coffee, every firehouse uh, has their coffee pot on, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, the, the name of the show was almost called the coffee table instead of the kitchen table, but here we are. So let's, uh, can we, let's start at caffeine really briefly, if we may, because mm -hmm. firefighters love sure. caffeine. What is an appropriate amount of caffeine, both from a registered dietitian standpoint, but also understanding that firefighters might need a little bit of extra because of either the hours they work or the unpredictability yeah. of what they're doing. But I guess more starting with health-wise and being healthy, what's an appropriate amount of caffeine a firefighter or uh, can consume? Yeah, so um, it would be really dumb of me to come out to fire stations um, when I sleep at night and say, hey, you have to cut out caffeine entirely because that's how exactly. you guys set me on fire and not put yeah. me on fire. <laughs> um, so when we're looking at the FDA recommendation for a healthy individual with no pre-existing or current conditions, we're looking at 400 milligrams a day, which is 30 to 40 ounces of coffee total, which I personally think, you know, for most medium stations, that's pretty reasonable, um, 30 to 40 ounces total. But, you know, again, if you're at busier stations, you're not sleeping, like, could you taper that up a little bit? Yeah, but you really wow. only want to as needed. You know what I mean? 400 is actually a lot more than I thought, to be honest. Huh? Wow. I would have imagined, yeah. I mean, just that's just me. I'm, no, I'm not a nutrition specialist, but 200 to 300 would have been plenty and pushing it. But you're saying 400. 400 for healthy. Keyword is healthy. Ah, good um, point. So if you have, and the challenge is, is as you get older in the fire service and older is subjective, right? Like, you know, your late thirties, forties, you know, high blood pressure, um, acid reflux are two really common conditions, uh, in the fire service. So we would then reduce to 200. Um, if you uh, are having fertility issues, which is a big conversation as well, in my opinion, um, fertility issues, or you're a mom in the first trimester, second trimester, well, the whole time we, we reduced to 200 as well, because that can cross the placenta, um, and actually increase the risk for miscarriage. Um, so those are some situations There are other ones as well, where we would reduce the daily caffeine intake, um, because it can make those conditions worse or yeah. have worse outcomes. Wow. Okay. So 200, I, I'm just going to throw it out there, but I mean, but we would like to believe that everyone in the fire service is completely healthy, but that's just not realistic, right? Firefighters, yeah. we, we, a lot of us are, whether it be overweight, whether it be maybe borderline obese or, or maybe obese, sure. but maybe not as healthy as you said, as we were five to 10 to 15 years ago, but you're yeah. saying 400 for that, like healthy individual. But so it sounds like two to 300, maybe more on the 200 is, is more of a realistic number for most of us, or at least a lot of us. If you have that condition, yeah, right. Yeah. So like, um, and ideally anytime we're talking about caffeine, it is truly utilized as needed. So like, yeah. um, would, I mean, and I haven't looked at research, like, is it better to do? It's not, I don't think it's like alcohol where it's like required for you to be at zero to optimize health. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, it, it 
seems to be fine. It's a tool to help, you know, it can boost workout performance, mental performance, those kinds of things. It's where first responders go wrong is they say, you know, either I'm not doing it or I'm doing it all. And it's the energy drinks, the pre-workout supplements, um, now in dip pouches, um, you know, the drink drops, like we're seeing in all kinds of sources and first responders are utilizing it in any way, shape or form. Um, where it becomes an issue is also the timing, uh, that cup of coffee at the kitchen table after dinner, if it's fully caffeinated, it might not prevent you from falling asleep, but it will mess with your sleep cycles, which I'm sure is what Annette talked about. Um, you know, you spend less time in deep sleep, less time in rapid eye movement sleep. So when people start you know, pulling that number up and drinking it later in the day, their sleep quality sucks. They wake up the next day feeling like garbage. What do they reach for more of? Yeah. True. Caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. So what's a, what's a, and I go, I know the answer here and I know you talked about this in your, uh, in your, uh, uh, time with, um, Annette is the answer was oftentimes it depends. Right. And that it is, it is huge. Nothing's black and white, especially in the fire service. No, but what's a, what's a ballpark time ish you know, generally speaking to cut caffeine, like with three o'clock, four o'clock, just not nothing post dinner when we're talking about trying to ensure we have deep sleep uh, in the sleep that firefighters do get. Yeah. So the average is about a five hour, uh, five hour. last caffeinated bed. Okay. Yeah. The average. So each of us have a different caffeine clearance rate. So that means yeah. if bedtime is roughly 9 PM, you're looking at your last caffeinated beverage, no later than 4 PM. Yeah. Um, but I know for me, I think mine's a little bit slower. Yeah. So, um, you know, 2 PM for 2 PM, probably 1 PM for me is the absolute latest, or I'm going to have trouble not only, you know, with the quality, but also sleeping in general. Um, before I get into another topic around caffeine is uh, how uh, different uh, is the type of caffeine, for example, let's say coffee versus uh, tea versus you mentioned energy drink. So everything else create equal, say everything at 200 is one. It's kind of rhetorical. I know this because energy drinks is obviously going to be a little bit in many ways, I know it depends on the research or you know what source you're talking about. Is generally not going to be the 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 topic or the the caffeine of choice versus a black coffee, we'll say. But how how much does it necessarily matter when we're talking about caffeine from the you source? The source, yeah. yeah. So caffeine in and of itself is you know probably not an issue from the source. It's what else is added to it. So yeah. you know um, so sometimes they'll mix guarana, which is a caffeine source with black coffee or green tea. And they'll mix a bunch of different caffeine sources, um, or add taurine, guaranolactone, uh, gluconolactone, those kinds of things. And specifically, um, there is some evidence to suggest that energy drinks may have a neurotoxic effect, particularly ones with taurine, guaranolactone and gluconolactone, um, where they will increase the risk for Parkinson's and endocrine disorders. If you have one every single day, which then the firefighters are like, That's not what I wanted to hear. So really that's why, that's why we're so anti, like the health industry is so anti um, energy drinks is because not only are we concerned with the side effects with most of you guys just kind of throw out the window, but we're (laughs) also concerned with that long-term consistent usage. Yes. Okay. So uh, obviously the it's, it's, yes, it is uh, not preferable to have the extra, what would be added ingredients, if you will, to caffeine, but yeah. obviously it's mm-hmm. the, it's the frequency. That's really the big thing, right? So an energy drink yeah. every so often, not so bad. You have it every day, tw- mm-hmm. twice a day, obviously it's, we're talking, okay. Yeah. That's, that's no good. Um, yeah. How about a yep. coffee creamer when we're talking back to coffee again? Um, sure. when you talk about creamer, right. Uh, you know, a lot of individuals, you know, let's go to Starbucks, you know, uh, 
vanilla lattes, you know, every day, twice a day, or back at the firehouse, you know, the 50-50 mix of creamer and, and, and coffee. How mm-hmm. bad, if you will, let's just throw it, let's just throw it out there. How bad is creamer? Well, it's it's all in the context of your day, right? So if you're drinking five cups of coffee a day <laughs> and half of that cup is creamer, then how much of the creamer bottle? Like, are you drinking a half a bottle of creamer a day? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's an it depends kind of scenario. We all have room in our diet for what's called discretionary calories or what I like to call BS calories, where they don't <laughs> provide a ton of nutrition, like your micronutrients, your uh, macronutrients or whatever, but primarily micronutrients. They're not super nutrient dense and they pretty much provide just calories. You have about, about 200 calories ish per like one to 2000 calories. So you have room for, you know, stupid calories like creamer. It's just, my question is how much are you doing of it? So personally, what I do is like a tablespoon of creamer and a tablespoon of milk. Like I do half and half. Okay. Um, my husband says I'm weird. Um, in the, in the winter I use eggnog as my coffee creamer again, apparently that's weird, but they have lattes anyway. So, (laughs) you know, just comes down to the quantity. Yeah. Okay. Um, So the overall quantity at the end of the day. Yeah. But the other thing is if you're in like a weight gain, muscle gain kind of diet, then you have more room for those BS calories. It's when people are cutting cal, you know, trying to lose body fat, um, you're going to have to cut calories from somewhere. And sometimes that's from creamer. Yeah. You know? No, I love that. And, uh, never heard that before. I mean, obviously we've heard, you know, cheat days, cheat meals, whatever it may be, you call it yeah. BS calories. So let's just, let's run with that a little bit. So BS calories are okay. Yeah, absolutely. Again, in the context of what your goals are yeah. and, um, in the context of how much, um, yes. so how much you can get it away with depends on what your goals are. Yeah. I mean, when you're on a muscle gain, weight gain kind of diet, you, we have to liberalize the diet. Yes. Or add BS calories because eating 4,000 to 6,000 calories of chicken and broccoli is simply not happening. Yes. But when you only have 2,000 calories to work with, that might be what you need to, to do to hit those calories. The other thing is, is not everybody, the tracking calories is not for everyone. Yeah. So a lot of times changing up food choices is a way for us to restrict calories. So that's why you'll see people saying, cut out your coffee creamer or significantly cut back on it. Because that is a way for us to reduce calories without counting them. Yeah. Also, like people do that with carbs a lot where they'll replace their rice with cauliflower rice. Like you're going to significantly cut calories that way. Yeah. Um, not that low carb is essential or even maybe optimal that way, but it is a tool, especially in a short term instance to see fat loss. That's uh, that's good. I mean, uh, the old, you know, verbiage or adage of everything in moderation uh, yeah. right. So it, that it's okay to have your cheat meals every so often. It's okay. It, it depends on your goals, obviously. Um, but you don't sure. have to count calories all day, every day to stay healthy or to main maintain, right. Nope. You can, you can have that and that's okay. Right. Real being realistic too, is kind of, it's kind of the point here. I know, you know, there are extreme, I don't even want to call it extremes or individuals that, you know, count calories all day, every day. And, and that's okay. Right. But the yeah. vast majority of people don't do that. And so just sure. being able to understand that, Hey, you can have this, you can have that as long as, you know, you can have your vanilla lattes, you can have a, a, two cups of coffee with creamer in it, as long as it's not six cups and it's always got creamer in it. Right. So those things are okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's good to hear, I guess is my point to that. Well, you want to be able to stick to it. And yeah. that's the problem with the fire service. And sometimes I'd argue even cheat meals not, might not be the best terminology because yeah. sometimes that works for some people. Some yes. people would rather just be regimented during the week. And then, or, you know, uh, when they're off shift and then during shift that, that shift meal is the cheat meal, that's fine. But where people can go wrong with that 
is demonizing certain foods. Things yeah. are bad for them. So, yeah. and I used to, I used to bodybuild. So I was like the queen of this. And then when you do that, you want it even more. So what works for some people, what actually works for me is to, I, I have ice cream pretty much every night. Oh. Um, ice cream, or I'm a big Starburst fan. Like I, if I could eat straight sugar, I would, and this is coming from sweet dish. Um, <laughs> but you know, I personally prefer, I would rather have a small amount every day because then that food is not a bad food for me. And I have it when my willpower is the lowest, which is in the evening when I want to eat my feelings, you know, <laughs> that's what works for me. But for other people having that in the house every day, um, especially when they're working on their relationship with food might lead to unexpected binges. So yes. you yeah. kind of have to decide what works for you. And sometimes working with a professional helps you figure that out faster. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I love that you say that, you know, that, that is okay. It's just, you know, moderation yeah. of that, but not always having it easily accessible, you know, having candy or donuts on the table every day is just not going to yeah. be good, you know, but having it is fine. It's just, not having it at the table every day, not having it easily accessible, not walking by it. I've heard you say this before, which is totally funny. You know, firefighters very well about the, you know, cut your donut in half, you know, yeah. it's like, well, why would and you do you that? You know, five you, donuts. Yeah. You go, you go back six <laughs> times. I mean, what was the point of that? Right. Just have your one, yeah. be happy with yeah. it and move on. Um, yeah. that, that's so funny. Uh, you know, firefighters very well. You, well, you I guess mentioned one it. thing I can add yeah. too, to that, Please. like with the coffee creamer conversation is we're kind of stepping into the holiday season and where I've seen firefighters. Okay. Well, they switch from their like low fat you know, latte and they switch to the like caramel or not the caramel, the peppermint mocha, like uh -huh. the full Starbucks, full sugar, like during this time of year, pumpkin or caramel or whatever, or uh, peppermint, whatever. And that adds calories. Like they double their calories through the choice of beverage that they're going with. Plus then you have all the stuff, the community's dropping off at the counters and you know, you've got <laughs> tables high of Girl Scout cookies and all these other things. So, you know, we, I, I typically see an average of five to even 10 pounds gained over the holiday season yeah. for first responders, Absolutely. because you're, you're dealing with the general holidays, like normal people, but you all usually have a shift holiday on shift, a, a, a shift party after shift, a, you know, family party, another family party, you know, so yes, um, true. the exposure to food is, is a big challenge over this season. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, if people come to me this time of year to lose weight, I tell them you're going to be lucky to maintain. Okay. Let's run with that real quick. So uh, avoiding gaining 10 pounds over the holidays, I, I believe would be yeah. a, a goal, you know, for, for many of us, especially for everybody, sure. but firefighters as well, right. Being okay yeah. with, you know, oh, it's the holiday season. I'm just going to gain 10 pounds and I'll start back up in January. That's, uh, you know, accepting that is, is a failure in itself. But I guess where I'm going with this is, uh, what do you suggest, if you will, right? So you mentioned it, like uh, we get a, a bunch of stuff at the station, throw it away or, you know, I guess offer a tip with, with Thanksgiving holiday actually coming up, offer something that you recommend to do during this time of year, if you will, to try to not put on that, that 10 pounds that, you know, here we go. It's 10 pounds. I'm just gonna deal with it. What's something that we, you recommend? Sure. Um, so number one is you don't want to skip meals this time of year. So a lot of times what people will do is skip meals to save calories or uh, go on that sorority girl diet during the day so they can drink more at night. And then they're like white girl wasted and forget that they're 40 <laughs> and the hangover is going to be like seven days. Um, <laughs> Truth. <laughs> did that hurt? Did that hit a little too personal? Um, yes, it did. But that's great. All of our <laughs> listeners too, but that's okay. That's what makes yeah, it relatable. I know. <laughs> I know. Right. So with that, um, usually what I want people to emphasize is yeah, sure, we can kind of try and mitigate the calories a little bit during the day, but if you completely skip food, you're going to blow out when you get to the party. Right. 
Um, so you want to emphasize what you're not going to have in your diet later on, which is usually a protein, protein and veggies, um, and fruit. So if you can emphasize protein, veggies, and fruit, maybe add a carb, like a fifth size amount of carb for those two meals prior to that evening meal, then you're probably going to feel a lot better stepping into that party, um, Mm. than you would have otherwise, or eating a snack prior to eating a snack with some water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So making uh, sure, just, I guess what you're saying is, uh, whether it be a breakfast or at lunch, ensuring that you do have that good balance before. And w- I mean, I, I, I guess it kind, of, uh, it kind of goes without saying, right? Maintain eating healthy or a good choices before and not just binge and do yes. anything and everything at night kind of goes without saying, but, but because it, it, cur- it cur- kind of curbs the, the, the appetite for the evening or what, what's the physiological yeah. or the literal what you're yeah, doing. literally it's curbing your appetite okay, because, so you know, okay. I, I, and I've done it before where, you know, I just missed a meal cause I got distracted or something. Yeah. And then like you, you get there and you inhale appetizers, like, and then you still force yourself to eat dinner and you okay. just feel like a blend, you know, you just feel miserable yes. um, because you overeat. Okay. So what we're trying to do is prevent that kind of blackout hanger situation that happens for a lot of people, <laughs> yes, which, me. um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the worst yeah. hangry person ever. And will tell you that she brings snacks when she picks me up from the airport to make sure. Um, make sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <Not> just me. <laughs> no, exactly. So if you eat more regularly, you're going to be a little more level-headed when you get to that party. Plus if I focus on the protein and the veggies and fruit earlier in the day, the things that you're going to get at that party are typically carbs and fat, right? Yeah. So yeah. you kind of evened out your day a little bit, especially yeah. if you're tracking, Um, that's usually my my tip. And then my other tip is if you were tracking log, some of the things you're going to have later on when I was bodybuilding, I would put my ice cream in like during breakfast because I would rather eat it on the day to make sure I had it. And that's only for people who are really gung ho about fat loss during the holidays, right. Right. For the logging piece. But the other piece to this too, is what's on the counters does matter. So, um, Dr. Jill Joyce is a dietitian out of OSU. And she did, I don't think it's published yet, but she did some sort of study where she, um, she got grant money and decided she was going to donate fruits, veggies, um, hummus, granola bars, nuts and seeds, trail mixes, healthy options for the firefighters. And she said, in order to accept this donation, the rule is that my food only is on the counters. So the junk stuff has to all be hidden in a cabinet. You don't have to throw it away, just hide in a cabinet. And she found that firefighters ate an extra pound of produce per shift just based off of what was available on the counters. Now, they did mm. have a little bit more accessibility because someone else purchased those food items. Sure. So there's that. Sure. But just think about what's on the counter matters. And if yeah. it's out of sight and out of mind, you know, instead of the grabbing a quarter of a donut five times, you might do it twice, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's not black or white, but that's a significant improvement. Yes. Um, and half and half is so only one. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, now you only have one. So, um, and the other side of that too, is personally, like I have, I mean, I haven't done them consistently and there's a difference between doing a 24 hour shift once and consistently. But when I've done 24 hour shifts at some busier stations, like I'm going to save my sweets for when my willpower is the suckiest. So I'm not yeah. going to have a donut at breakfast because I'm yeah. not like ready to eat my feelings yet. You know, I want to eat my yeah. feelings when I'm like feeling like I've been hit by a bus. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> so, right, me too. Yeah. So it's kind of like if your goal is to be a little bit more to eat, either eat healthy or for fat loss purposes, then try and save it for after dinner or even if you know you're going to run a couple calls after midnight, that's when I would save it. Especially if you're the type of person who's getting two plates at dinner, like 
you know, do you, yeah. do you need more food or are you just doing it because everybody else is? I, I think it goes without saying, but hearing it is, is so, is so key is if it's available and on the counter, you know, just don't have it on the counter and you don't have to throw it away. Just move it somewhere where it's not easy accessible. But yeah. it's funny that that study that you were saying is, you know, obviously mm-hmm. just don't yep. buy the donuts or, or what I'm saying is buy the fruits and veggies and put those on the counters because we're going to spend the money on something sure. bad. And if it's, if we're going to, if we know the studies show that if it's on the counter and you said, however many pounds was eaten more because it was on the counter and not don't, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's key. I mean, it's almost like we know that, but, but do we know that we just need to hear that more? Let's just put platters yeah. of fruits and veggies on the table. You know, some of it will go to waste. Sure. There's gonna be wasted money. Sure. But people will be surprised. Eat it. it really doesn't. Yeah. They do eat it. Like, if, you know, it. a yeah. lot of times if I bring stuff, if I'm not doing a demo and I'm just going to a station for a talk, which at this point I always do the smoothie demos because they're really quick and easy and like, yeah. I can usually do them for $30. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty inexpensive to do a smoothie demo. Yeah. Um, but if not, I'll bring fruit and just leave it on the counter. And they'll, you know, especially if it's apples, bananas, yes. um, tangerines and clementines are in season this time of year. Yeah. Like that's going to last several shifts. And by yes. the time three shifts go through it, It'll it's go. gone. It'll go. Yeah. yeah. No. And it's, it's so yeah. true. It's uh, I love that. So uh, I'm just going to go back several minutes just to reiterate to the listeners here is uh, obviously we've got Thanksgiving coming up. we got the holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. What you said is, Instead of just eating, because you know you're going to eat a bazillion calories at dinner, because you know you got the families coming over, you got three crews coming together to eat. Just eat. Make sure you eat a good breakfast, a good lunch. Have a good, and then that'll that'll in in it of itself will lead you to eating less at dinner time, and you know to to an extent, and you're just ensuring you're getting the 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 better calories, a good balance earlier in the day, and so. Because let's be honest, we're not when we're gonna stuff our face, we're not gonna stuff our face with, you know, with, with, with broccoli and Brussels sprouts at dinner. We're gonna stuff our face with the extra, you know, potatoes and, and all the meat. Yeah. So I love that. And hearing it again, I, I again I say it just to reiterate what you said, uh, because I love it and we just need to hear more of that. Before we just jump right into another topic, I I, I wrote this down. I wanted to ask you sugar free mm-hmm. types of creamer. We what you talked about people will switch to whether it be eggnog or switch to peppermint mocha or whatever it may be. But is there a benefit to go to a, to a sugar-free vanilla latte, we'll say, or sugar-free, or is that just kind of, sure. no, no? Yeah. Yeah, no, there's absolutely a benefit. I mean, you're reducing calories significantly. Yeah. Um. So, and personally, like, you know, if I'm traveling, I'll usually get a latte from Starbucks. It's going to be a skim milk. And then the other thing you can pay attention to is usually when you're getting those lattes, if you look, there's almost always the minimum is four pumps of whatever the syrup yes. is. Yep. Which to me, four pumps, I'm like, holy God. Like uh-huh. it's just too sweet. Um, and usually I ask them to just do like a half pump half. or one pump yeah. of caramel or whatever the thing I'm doing that time, you know. Yeah. So half the um, amount, even like give me half of whatever yeah. you normally would put. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that in the app. Like you can go to uh, you know, add uh yeah. I always order on the app at this point. It's yeah. not standing as like the world does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. weird if you so, don't, right? <laughs> yeah. And also it's just like instead of you panicking when you get up at the front and they're like, Anyway, um, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you so, ordering it regular? What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. You just go to extras and then it'll tell you like four pumps is the normal. And then yeah. I usually pull it down to one because I, I'm not yeah. a big yeah. sweet person. Cause the other thing is too, for me, the sugar free just tastes super artificial and I'd rather have a little bit of the real stuff than yeah. a lot of the fake stuff. Yeah. Um, now to clarify artificial sweeteners, I am not concerned with everybody's like, Oh, what if it's going to cause cancer? Um, the only one that's even on IRARC's classifications list is aspartame and it's classified as a 2B and 2B means there is limited evidence in animals. And I don't think there's any evidence in humans that aspartame is going to cause cancer. Um, 
specifically, uh, the, the dose that they were talking about was about 40 milligrams per kilogram, which is roughly 15 diet Cokes a day. Oh, geez. So you'd have to get up like a lot of people, what they don't realize even for sucralose, those kinds of things, they're not getting to the quantity where you're seeing significant health effects. And actually, usually you get to that quantity only when you're on these keto diets, because then that's the only option for anything sweet. So, and that's kind of more anecdotal. I don't have like evidence to support that, but when you look at people who are following keto diets, they're doing significantly more of those artificial sweeteners. So So, it's not not so much the artificial sweetener in itself. It's when it's when you know that it's just a, a bunch of it and just, you know, having a little bit here, a little bit there, it's not, it's, it's so minuscule. It's like, don't even worry about it more or less. It's kind of. For the most part. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, obviously if everything you have is artificial exactly. and you've got some GI issues, you've got headaches, yeah. then like, that's a different story. Yeah. I've seen issues with sugar alcohols, um, yeah. specifically with the sugar-free gummy bears. There's a packet, uh, a pack of sugar-free gummy bears that has three servings, but it looks like one serving to a firefighter, yeah. to any yeah. person. <laughs> um, and 10 grams of sugar alcohols is going to cause a little bubble gut in most people. Mm-hmm. These gummy bears have 20 per serving, 20 grams per serving. And um, literally, if you eat the whole bag, what I've had multiple clients tell me is when they stand up to say, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom, they basically poop their pants. I'm not exaggerating. It literally moves things. So, so it's when you overdo stuff is where we see the issue. If you're doing a little bit of it, it's usually most of the research suggests you see better weight loss outcomes when people opt for sugar-free over the sugar. Okay. Good to know. One thing I wanted to talk about is timing of eating. Now Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough for firefighters to say the least, especially those that work in a busy house. How does, um, how do you, how do you, how does one navigate through that? Right. It's like, yeah, typically, you know, if you're working, you say firefighters on their four days off, six days off, hundred days off, whatever it is, right. You know, waking up, getting a good night's sleep, eating breakfast at a certain time, eating lunch at a certain time. Obviously that goes out the window when you, when you go to shift, everything gets screwed up. So I guess talk a little bit about how one can make sure they don't, you know, overeat or maybe recommend a type of food or what's a, what's a strategy or tip, if you will, for those that work in a busy house to ensure that they get adequate calories, but obviously the right amount of calories. So they're not just indulging themselves with all the bad stuff because that's all they have time for. Yeah. So a busy house where I'm at, how I kind of figure out how active that person is, because, um, I think especially as you start to promote, um, the active, the actual physical activity typically declines. So, um, you know, when you're a rookie, you're doing more active housework, you're doing drills and other things to complete that rookie packet. And then as you promote to like captain, Lieutenant, you're chasing people to finish target or vector solution. <laughs> and while that's, you know, usually not a physical, feat, you know, us you too know well, you know, us too well. Yeah. I've, I've been around too long. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so that if someone is reporting to me that they are, uh, doing like about 15,000 or 20,000 steps or more, um, on shift, that's an indicator that they are pretty physically active on shift, whether that is they are on the truck or they are on the medic unit and only doing like EMS transport. They're just doing a crap ton of them, you yeah. know? So a lot of times we pull, I, if their goal is um, weight loss, I will pull their calories up to maintenance or a little bit higher just to, um, because they're going to be so much more active yeah. and that next day they might not even eat the amount of calories they need for weight loss just because they're either too drained or they're not moving as much. Okay. Um, so, and instead of it being like for my nine to five clients or my admin administrative clients, they're eating the same amount of calories every day for the most part we shift it for shift work because okay. a lot of people report being hungrier. And also sometimes your day starts at 3am. Yes. Right. So yeah. if you've got a long commute and a uh, lineup starts at seven, 
you know, yeah. it might be along and you're trying to get a workout in before or something yeah. like that. So it depends on the client. Um, I, in my experience working with people, most of my firefighters are going to report higher energy when I get them to eat consistently throughout the day. Sure. So yeah. they might be eating between five and seven times throughout the day or more. Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, if lunch gets delayed till 4 PM, you're going to eat everything that's not tied down. If I don't have some portable snacks with you on hand. So you kind of want to have things in a go bag and the things that I would personally pack in a go bag, um, are applesauce pouches, which sounds like baby food, big fan, full serving of fruit. Great pre-workout. If you've got toddlers, you can fight them usually, (laughs) um, for (laughs) them. You know, and it's a full serving of fruit that's portable. And uh, a lot of firefighters are really into the applesauce. Oh, okay. That's Um, good. I love that. So yeah, a little, little portable type of pouches of fruit, because number one, it's, it's it's easy. It's accessible. You can just grab it. Let's go. If you forget your, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. eat for six hours because you're on three transports, whatever it may be. That's key. And I, I, I love that. And, uh, so meal prep is obviously going to, is, is something that you obviously recommend as well as having your meals already there sure. more if, or less. If or? you can. Yeah. It's just your meal prep is going to be different than what the nine to five is because, yeah. um, you might need something more portable than, and non-microwavable. So yeah. a lot of the recipes that I have either in the meal prep guide, I also write for Palm beach gardens, fire and rescue. They have a wellness website and I do two recipes a month. Um, a lot of the recipes I have are wraps. So there's a Buffalo chicken wrap that you can make in the crock pot. Um, you know, it's a five pack of chicken breast, eight hours on low, shred that up, some buffalo sauce, some light branch or blue cheese, and then a handful of coleslaw veggies and some red onions, roll that up. And mm. you've got, you Love know, that. um, and the coleslaw veggies, you didn't have to chop. You yeah. bought them from the grocery store for a dollar and you got a full serving of veggies <laughs> in the wrap. Three dollars. Inflation. Side. Inflation hit us. But yes. <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, here in Seattle. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm yeah. half kidding. Only half kidding actually, because yeah. I think it might be two. Depends. Yeah, Meyer um, or Safeway or QFC. Um, yeah, we've got Aldi here, so we're yeah. spoiled. Say the recipe one more time. Sure. Um, chicken breast, crock pot, and then uh, usually it's about a, for like the five chicken breast shredded. Yeah. I usually do three-fourths cup buffalo sauce, three-fourths cup light ranch for low-fat blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Mix that all up. Put about four ounces in a whole grain wrap with a handful of coleslaw veggies and some onions. Red yeah. onions. All right. So I'm doing... Um, yeah. Doing, so uh, Monday morning um, or Monday afternoon. Again, I think there's somewhere Palm Beach Gardens has the recipe on there. I, I'm pretty sure I post. Uh, I, so anyway, and those are things that you can do at the station. So I know I'll, there's yes. a couple stations um, or counties that they pay, they buy into lunch and dinner. Yeah. So wraps like that. And, 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 you know, usually if I bring Buffalo chicken wraps to the station, like you guys listen to me for five minutes because I've tricked you into a wing. Um, yes. yes, you have. So, and a lot of my firefighters are only about 350 calories. Um, so you're probably going to need two of them. Yeah. Oh. They're really not because they're super high protein. They're yeah, super Yeah. Chicken lean. breast. Yeah. Not high in fat. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, it obviously depends. Like the wraps that I like from Aldi are about a hundred calories. So, you know, it's really not. Okay. Yeah. You're going to need two. I mean, for me, it's one is more than enough because it's a lot of protein. It's like 40 yeah. or 50 grams of protein. Um, want yes yeah that workout that Gains. we aren't going to do just kidding the one that we are going to sure do. well but here's the thing i still recommend a higher protein intake for most first responders because yeah. if it's not you're super active and trying to gain muscle yeah. you're trying to maintain yeah. muscle as you lose fat and yeah. we typically recommend a higher protein diet for that yeah. so long as you don't have any pre-existing conditions right well and then in addition even if we're not getting that you know that uh, uh traditional or 
or a workout that we're planned planned on doing in the gym. It might be the workout because yeah. we're drilling for two and a half hours with the rookie that we have in exactly. our crew, right? That's all workout as yep. well. So the needs are still there. I'm going to ask sure. you for one more thing. Um, if you don't mind, you just named a very, very quick and easy recipe. Yeah. Something that's, I'm sure is a big hit. I'm sure, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. Can you do me a favor? Can you, uh, you name another one, just another one that you know, is so yeah. simple. Sure. That's something that we can so just, So wow, another good one. Um, the two that I pair, and I can send you the links so that you can put them in the show notes or something Perfect. like that. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, well. Direct links to these recipes. So the yeah. other one that I do with the buffalo chicken one is because buffalo chicken, like when you have it every day. Yes, exactly. Like everything you, else, it's like you'll, you'll suddenly hate it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the other one is a strawberry poppy seed wrap. So you make the same amount oh. of chicken. You just split the chicken. You see one for buffalo, one for the strawberry poppy seed. Okay. And you mix in some of the poppy, like a poppy seed, like a creamy poppy seed yeah. dressing yeah. into the chicken. Slice up some strawberries, spinach, red onion, roll that up. Bada bing, bada bing. Ah, wow, even easier. So there you go. can have two options. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I want to mention here, this is not just for shift work. So this yes, time right. of year, my my uh, parents who have kids between the ages of five and high school, it's sports season, right? Yeah. So even if you're in administrative positions, what ends up happening is people eat lunch at noon. And then they have their kids practices after work and they're held over until nine, 10 o'clock right. before they're eating dinner. Same thing. You're eating everything that's not tied down. Yep. So if you bring one of those wraps, one, they're great for kids. Um, right. Two, you can have like a first dinner or a solid small meal so that when you get home, you can either A, have the mental capacity to make dinner or B, yeah. the mental capacity to make a better choice. I love it. Of things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it, and ease is, is the key, right? Because um, yeah. the extravagance, especially for firefighters, you know, we, we, we get lost quick. It's like, if it's easy, it's quick, easy to follow, easy to remember. It's something yeah. that we can do. And uh, it's like most things, I guess here, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of times what happens is, like like anything else, right? Whether they listen to this podcast or they read a book or they attend a class, everything is like, oh, I'm so, let's go, let's do this. But it, it starts to wean off, right? Whether it be two weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, like it's like the new year's resolution, right? In January, yeah. everyone has a recipe book. Everyone has to do workout program. Yeah. And by February, it's, it's, no, it's no steeper slope of, of drop off in, in everything in life, not just in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, fitness and wellness. But I guess for, for, for firefighters, we want ease to, to, to start, ease to follow, and that kind of helps us maintain more or less. And so, sure. uh, yeah, all these tips that you're giving us is, is, is key. Um, you mentioned something earlier, which is so true. You said, um, you know, as a rookie, as, as someone new, whether it be in the academy, is totally, you know, one way of working out. You're, you know, super fit, ready to go. And then as you, whether it be you're 5, 10, 15 years in, you promote, whatever it may be, it kind of, you see it taper off. So you see that as a trend, yes? So sure. yeah. So something that you know, to fight that trend, if you will, because we need not yeah. that to be a trend, right? Sure. So the challenge is, um, and I pretty much do this at the beginning of pre any presentation is it's easy to say when you are a 20 something year old rookie, um, with no kids, no external responsibilities to say that you're going to be fit for the remainder of your career. Yeah. Because what happens is over that course of the career, typically most retirees that I've worked with have three out of the four major injuries, um, shoulder, back, neck, or knee you know, so they've had those happen in their career and they're just now limited in mobility, limited in pain, um, post-traumatic stress and exposure to trauma on a very regular basis. It changes your brain. It changes how much you're willing to work out, eat your food choices, change sleep deprivation also impacts this as well. And then when we promote, like if you even promotional tests, like you got to score really high on those tests or you're going to die on the list, mm -hmm. right? True. So you guys are studying nonstop. And usually the first thing to go is the health and fitness side of things. Mm -hmm. Same thing for medic exactly. school, 
over time, all of these things start to build up over the course of the career. And it usually hits people or there's some sort of crisis for lack of a better term, but sometimes pretty accurate. Um, Sometimes between like seven and 15 years in, um, plus you're having kids and getting married and maybe getting divorced. Um, Divorce is a really challenging time for a lot of my first responders um, from a food standpoint. So um, in terms of setting yourself up for success as a, a, a rookie or a probie, uh, if you're young on the younger end, you got to learn how to cook. Yeah. You, uh, you got to yes. learn it. it. This is the time because you're not going to learn otherwise. Like you yeah. wait till you have kids and you're going to be eating dino nuggets with the kids, which yeah. there are days. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, yeah. but if that's all your diet is, it's, it's yeah. going to catch up with you eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, that's so good. the medium rare chicken is just not going to cut it for your rookie <laughs> it's dinner, not, right? It's not, yep. Yeah. So so in terms of learning how to cook, um, I love that. One thing like HelloFresh or Blue Apron and, and some of those other things do well is they have a lot of pictures. They send you the ingredients, and then you can learn what foods you like and some recipes that are relatively easy. Yeah. Um, do I think those are great long term? You know, personally, I would rather spend that money on a meal prep service that does it for me eventually. Um. But you've got to learn how to do that when you're younger because you're the time constraints, like the going to the gym for two hours a day because you got nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, you know, the drinking on the weekends with your buddies, that starts to change when you have a it family totally does. and yeah. you get married and all yeah. those things, if that's what you want. Oh, you know, totally usually true. even for my single firefighters, then they're yeah. picking up a crap ton of overtime or they're yeah. promoting and yeah. they've got other jobs. So as you get into your 30s and 40s, it gets harder if you're not, if you don't have that skill set, even to do some really simple stuff. And just as a heads up, so for my younger people, especially my probies, typically the tradition, and at least in our areas, that you do a rookie dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Where they would make dinner for their shift towards the end of their probation. Sure. And I have a free recipe book on my website for station dinners specifically, five to six dollars a head, shifts of six, 10, and, um, and 14. So it's based, yeah, you, the grocery list and the ingredients list is based on head count of the station. Love it. Um, so if you have six, 10 or 14, yeah. you've got 20, we've, I've heard we've got one station in Fairfax that's not 17. They just doubled to 10. Yeah. Um, Jeez. and half a pound of protein per person, which has been the tradition. Yeah. So keep in mind when I say six firefighters, that's eight to 12 normal humans yeah. um, from a portion <laughs> control standpoint. Yeah. Um, I've had people tell me I need to control the portions, but the reality is, is I can't assume your portion size because yeah. If you're drilling for two hours a day and you catch a box and you worked out that day, you're going to need a, you're going to need a larger portion. Um, and a lot of times people want leftovers for another shift for lunch, the next shift. So if you're a probie, that's where I, I, I recommend that recipe book because it's great for meal prep for yourself. And it's also great for shift dinners because they usually also don't know how to scale for that. You're looking at quantity cooking, even for six firefighters, um, What's your, uh, sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say, what is, what is your book? Um, it's fire. I think I call it firehouse fresh. It's when you go to rescuerd.com, it'll ask if you want to, yeah, you join the email list, which I haven't figured out how to make an email list. So (laughs) (laughs) when I eventually figure that out, you will get emails from me. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Um, yeah. The goal is to eventually have a recipe book for firefighters that I write. That's a paid resource, but I don't have Perfect. Well, in, in your experience, how many of your firefighters that you work with follow your, whether it be your recipe books or follow, you know, obviously the ones that are going to be asking for your advice are going to follow your advice. And there's X amount of people that just don't. 
and yeah, that's just sure. the nature of any profession or any industry, right? But uh, do you find that they are? You're obviously finding that this is a common theme, right? Yeah, you're you're, you're recommending for newer firefighters, new rookies to learn how to cook, and then yeah. it's kind of yep. you know as they as they get older in their career, these things happen. They you know they gain weight, their life changes, whatever, and sure. without building these early habits, good habits, if you will, that, that trend will just, you know, it'll dip faster or earlier in one's career. Right. So I guess, I guess uh, the question I'm asking is, so you gave a a tip to kind of newer firefighters, right? Learn how to cook early. What about uh, company officers, right? Someone that's been there, say seven to 15 years that you said, what's something that they can do to be advocates, to continue to be good with nutrition, but also to be that example. I know you mentioned here in your notes is you got to be example for your crew. Um, So Mm -hmm. I guess give an advice for someone that's seven to 15 years to continue to establish good habits for themselves and their crews. Yeah. So if you're kind of that mid-level, like you're newer officer, um, number one is you have to understand that when you promote your identity changes. And when your identity changes, sometimes your priorities change. So your priorities for health and wellness might shift again, when you're stuck behind a desk for half of the shift, because again, you're chasing people for target solutions. You've got (laughs) a lot people are emailing you way more. Um, You're taking care of the stuff that the guy the day before didn't take care of, you know? So, you know, your time constraints, become significantly more limited. And then some of the stressors of now having uncomfortable conversations with shift mates, because again, you're in a a leadership position, um, can lead to some stress eating or other compensations, um, or you're too tired to work out. Mm -hmm. So those are going to be some of the things. That's what I mean by a priority shift is now your energy is taxed in a different way. And some, sometimes the way that people respond to that is it, the health and wellness falls to the wayside. Yes, so that two hour workout that you did as a rookie, because you don't have that much going on when you have a, a toddler at home and you're now in, in a leadership position might become a 20 minute work. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, it's okay. And because that's okay. you just, you just have to know you got to get in. You got to get it in. You have to, first of all, so let me run with that. So you have to accept that sometimes, right. And maybe, maybe slower yeah. houses, maybe, you know, even if you're 15 yeah, years you and maybe you don't have kids yet. Right. So it's, it's understanding that there might be a shift accepting yeah. that, but then also learning that you might not work out for two hours, but your new norm, your new norm might be, you have to learn how to get a really effective and efficient workout in 30 minutes because you don't have the two sure. hours anymore. So accepting that, but then also going out and learning how to best utilize the new norm, if you will. Absolutely. And I've noticed this for myself personally, like, while I'm not in a leadership position, I'm now running a side business. Right. Um, and that's taken up a lot of my time. I commute an hour and a half to Fairfax one way. So, you know, with that, I used to be that hour in a work hour, a day in the gym workout kind of girl. And I was going to the gym maybe twice a week now. And I was like, why am I, you know, spending all that money and, you know, when I'm not spending time. So, my shift was doing Peloton and getting a Peloton bike and having, and setting up my own home gym yeah. so I can do 20 minutes a day. And half the time when I say I'm going to do 20 minutes, yeah. I might spiral into a half hour to, right. to, to an, an hour workout because now I'm already there. I'm already working yes. out. So, and now if we have kids or other things going on, I'm in my office, I can get right to the next thing. Yeah. So I've made that shift because again, my identity changed, my priorities changed. So, um, I had to make an adjustment from what my ideal used to be for the yeah. old person I was yes. to the new person that I am with other responsibilities. Oh, uh, no, I, I love that is, is, 
it's just being able to accept that as well. It's like, it's okay it's to have changed. Yeah. It, is, it is hard and it can yeah. be hard, especially for, for let's just say those are, were, well, let's say they played collegiate sports or even professional yeah. sports nowadays, right? Yep. It's like they were so, their identity was from age 10 to 23, they were X, but they're 39 now, we'll say, or 52. It's like, they're not the person that's going to be in the gym for four hours a day doing two a days and this and that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's shifted, accept that, move on, but also learn how you can now, adapt to your new priorities and your new self, if you will. And, that, and that's okay. That's that's okay. Sure. And, so, and I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to be as lean or you're not going to be as muscular, right. but you've got to decide at what cost. So if you want to have yeah. older shoulders um, and, you know, at least a three pack at 40, yeah. you're going to have to understand it's going to take away from your kids. It's yeah. going to take away from your time in other areas. You might have to cut back on overtime. Can you afford to cut back on overtime? Right. So it comes at a cost at a certain point. And when you're younger and you have less time commitments, that cost isn't as big of a, it's not as big of a, or as painful of a cost because you have the time. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Um, Thank you for putting it that way. That's good. Yeah. So hopefully that makes sense. Like you have to just look at your life kind of objectively and decide what is going to be the best situation for me in this season of life, because we do have seasons. And for you all, you have seasons in your career as well. And then, you know, as you do that, you know, involve your shift in that and those changes and be vulnerable with them. We recently had a women's health sam- seminar in Fairfax and we have an assistant chief, uh, Tracy Reed, who she was talking about how her vulnerability has really helped her as a leader. And I think, you know, the, the leaders, at least in my experiences, the bosses that I've had, the chiefs that I've had, the ones who are willing to allow me to be vulnerable and be vulnerable themselves are the ones you feel most comfortable with. And are some of the most effective leaders in the fire service. And vulnerability is a really challenging thing when you're black or white mentality service, right? And nutrition and fitness is one of those things. And if you're that leader right now who life got in the way and you eat like garbage and your shift knows you eat like garbage, like they make fun of you because they know you're a dumpster, you know, a human dumpster. I'm not saying this is easy. It might be a point where you say, Hey, I've been struggling and I need some support. Are you guys willing to work with me on this? You know, maybe after the holidays end in January and say, Hey, like, can we make some changes to this, to the food environment at work, yeah. um, to the choices that we make for dinner? Yeah. Um, are we willing to spend an extra $2 ahead to make better quality choices? And I think that vulnerability goes a long way in building a relationship and rapport with the people you work with. Oh, no, I totally, I totally like that. And I, I love how you say that about the, can we, it's, it's a mindset, but it's also being vulnerable, but also being willing to have that conversation. It's like, Hey, I know we traditionally do $5 dinner, $6 dinners, but it's because we do, you know, the cheap, this cheap, that, and a protein. How about we just add a dollar or two or three, and then mm-hmm. we just do healthier choices. A lot of us don't want to say that because they're, you know, they might be afraid of like, well, you know, the crew doesn't want to do this because they're cheap or they're just, you know, they don't care about doing, you know, broccoli or vegetables. All they care about is the carbs or whatever. But I, I love the piece where you say you got to be a little bit vulnerable, but you also have to be willing to have that conversation. But then you have just you got to be bold as well. Right. So someone yeah. has to, uh, you know, as we talk about leaders today, as we talk about leadership, it's you have to be a little bit bold. Right. If you want to step out and do and make a difference. So going with what you just said, because I love vulnerability, and I think we were, this was just touching on exactly what you said, is those senior leaders, right? Chief officers, you mentioned your assistant chief or your yeah, assistant chief. Uh, what's something that they, and you just said it, but maybe lean on it a little bit further, something that they could do to kind of help incorporate that, you know, a, a good environment of health and wellness and fitness throughout. But yeah, just offer something for those senior individuals or organizations. 
Um, so again, practicing what you preach and then reducing, you're now hopefully as a chief, um, especially in the health and wellness sector and safety, if possible, you are in a position to reduce the barriers for your members and then for yourself. So is that looking into shifting the budget or applying for grants or asking your health insurance companies if they have any wellness funds they are able to give you to hire professionals to come in? Um, can you get a physical therapist on site who charges health insurance? So therefore you do not have to pay for that physical mm. therapist every session that they do. What are ways that you can strategize to bring wellness services to your department that are specific to, to your department? You got to oh, be careful. I love that. that. So, because again, you can put a firefighter in charge and they, they might be amazing, but as soon as the budget cuts hit, yes. you're going to be, you're gonna they're be gone. It's going to go on. Yeah. So. How can you strategize in and figure out return on investment? Now, now my experience, the return on investment, it tends to be higher from a number standpoint, I believe for athletic training and physical therapy, um, because they're not only preventative, but they're also reactive. Yes. So having those, and again, like I said, our model at Fairfax is our physical therapist bills insurance. Yeah. So you do have a $20 copay, but he has an office on site at our Auk health clinic and in our gym. Well, I think you, I think you just touched on two things too, is because nowadays, I don't know how it is over there in the East coast, but over here is you try to get into a physical therapist or a doctor's office. It's like, okay, we have an opening in eight weeks. It's like, if you have someone there, not only is it readily available, well, I guess Mm -hmm. that's it. It's readily available and you can do it on shift after shift before shift, whatever it may be. Yeah. And you don't have to wait. It'll typically off shift just because you have to run if not. But the other aspect of that is how many times. I mean, has someone in the audience been to a physical therapist and they clear them for full duty for a knee injury and they can't kneel? Yeah. How are you going to crawl? Right. How are you going to pull hose if you can't kneel? So our physical therapist will put them through a whole work performance before they even go back to the field and make sure they have the mobility to turn on their cylinder and make sure they have the mobility to pull hose, make sure they have the mobility to raise a ladder. Because if you can't raise your ladder all the way or your arm all the way overhead, that's a big issue. So again, if you have, and there are wellness professionals like in this, in the tactical space who specialize in first responders who can make, um, whether it's contractual. So for me, a lot of, a lot of departments contract me because they're like, you know, there's no dietitian in the area. Um, the other side too, is having connections with either dietitians, trainers, physical therapists and saying, Hey, um, cause you guys do that for civilians, right? Like where you have a a day where civilians can come in and see what like firefighting Mm -hmm. is like have them come in for that, build a relationship with them and refer out. Cause dietitians, we can actually bill insurance. I haven't gotten smart enough to do that yet. Cause it's pretty, but if you can find pretty a dietitian well. in your area as a sports dietitian, who you can have your Oc health refer your firefighters to, and then the cost is reduced. So there are a lot of ways as a very high up leader yeah. to reduce the cost of what the department has to do. And another other thing that you can do is reach out to other neighboring counties and see if you can do mutual aid. Oh, I love that. So what that. I call with mutual aid is kind of like we did with police. Police bought into our contract while they're with the same county. Um, now we have more funds to hire other professionals. Um, I believe Arlington might actually be in the process of coming into our ARC Health Clinic and they're a smaller department. So can you have either other departments, other counties? put funds in so that you can share a professional, you know, whether it's civilian or, or professional, um, that way that, that your crew and your shift now has that support that is specific to them. All right, Megan, that was your, uh, awesome tips for our 
for our firefighters from different levels. So let's jump to this. We're obviously here today from the Leadership Challenge from Annette Zapp. A Leadership Challenge is a way for us to continue the conversation, both regionally, nationally, and even internationally, so we can continue to grow leaders in the fire service and other. So is there someone else out there that you would like to formally challenge to come talk leadership at a later date here on the kitchen table? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Vanessa Frost Pedrahita is a strength coach for Pflugerville Fire. She's actually for a smaller department, so about 300 firefighters. Mm. Um, and she is a civilian strength coach. She married a firefighter uh, and she's been with them for, I believe, seven or eight years now. Okay. So she would be a wonderful perspective on the strength aspect um, and leadership from recruits to battalion chief and further. Uh, awesome. And I would challenge her. Perfect. She's at firefighter strength coach on Instagram. Ah, look at that. People are already looking her up. Okay. We will reach out uh, to Vanessa and uh, see if she'd be willing to take uh, Megan Louts on her uh, leadership challenge. So lastly, how do we find Megan Louts? You mentioned uh, Firehouse Fresh. You mentioned on uh, oh Rescue RD LLC. Uh, but anything yeah. else? Any, anywhere else we could find you through articles you've written? Other. Um, so rescuerd.com is where the recipe book is. There's also some free posters on hydration and other um, anything that Fairfax has allowed me to make for them, they put their, I'm allowed to have on my website for free. So there's several free posters in my store and the recipe book. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and LinkedIn at rescue.rd. I post six times a week, um, on nutrition for firefighters specifically. Uh, and then my business is a side business. So if you are looking for a dietitian to come in either for a presentation or you want, I actually have a quick bites, which is 12, 10 minute in services that you can put into target or vector solutions. I have a nutrition oh. Academy specific. Yeah. I've got all kinds of, cause people ask me to do the product and I'm yeah. like, well, now everybody's yeah. going to get access, yeah. you know, so I, everything, if there's something you want from a nutrition perspective for your department, um, you can bring me in contractually. I yeah. just got back from Cal fire with an eight hour wellness day on nutrition only. Wow. So Alrighty. I've got 12 hours of content. If you there want you go. It. something's better than nothing. And a lot is better than a little. So that's good. I love yeah. that all tailored to departments. So if that's something that your department's looking for, uh, Megan at rescuerg.com, just shoot me an email. We'll, we'll set up a chat. Perfect. Let's end with this. Um, lasting leadership thoughts uh, from Megan Louts before we close on the kitchen table. Yeah. I mean, again, it's kind of just, um, I think the biggest thing from a leadership perspective is just recognizing your life is changing and tr not trying to force a square into a circle. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You've got to be able to adjust and be flexible with your nutrition, fitness, sleep, and health as your life changes. And just because it's not what it was when you were younger, it's just going to be the best decision that you have for where you are at currently. Uh, and sometimes working with a professional helps you figure that out a little faster, but other yeah. times it's just making an objective look at your life. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for tuning in today to the kitchen table. We truly hope that you found this time valuable and we hope that we've inspired you to take action to lead and to spread the leadership conversation till next time. Be safe, be intentional and stay curious.